Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Friday, September the 28th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we like to respond to emails we received. Uh, this one was sent to us, uh, even though a pastor wrote it. And the pastor is not Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, his name is Greg Laurie and is the pastor and founder of the Harvest Churches in California and Hawaii and of Harvest Crusades. He considers himself to be an evangelist, best-selling author, and movie producer. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the death of important people, at least from a television experience, Bob Saget, Betty White, and the afterlife. He says, we were all shocked and saddened to hear of the passing of Bob Saget at age 65. To the generation who grew up watching Full House, Bob was a father figure they came to love. Yet another generation discovered him as the host of America's Funniest Home Videos. Now, he died in his hotel room in Florida following a show on his comedy tour. This tragic event happened right on the heels of the death of beloved comedic actress Betty White, who died at age 99. Remember, Bob was only 65. Now, when Betty White died, Bob made this statement on Instagram. She always said the life, the love of her life was her husband, Alan Ludden, who she lost in 1981. Well, if things work out by Betty's design, in the afterlife, they are reunited. And then he wrote, I don't know what happens when we die, but if Betty says you get to be with the love of your life, then I happily defer to Betty on this. And then he honestly added, I don't know what happens when we die. That's so sad to hear. And the writer, the pastor, talks about that death is something we all think about almost every day. Some people think about it more than others as they get older. We should think deeply about death, but more importantly, we should think about the afterlife. In fact, he indicates that in older times, people commonly wrote a Latin phrase on the top, top of documents that they were writing, memento mori, and it means think of 
death. The phrase sounds morbid when you first hear it, but it's not. It serves as a reminder to be aware that life ends, eternity is closed, and there is an afterlife. Then he goes on to say that Betty White and Bob were not the only comedians to think about the afterlife. In September of last year, 2021, Norm MacDonald died of cancer at age 61. MacDonald quietly fought his cancer battle and also at that time continued in his comedy work. He often spoke about the afterlife and heaven. He was once interviewed by Larry King, and he asked MacDonald about his religious views in an interview. Now, Larry King, of course, was on television, and MacDonald replied, I'm a Christian. It's not stylish to say that now. What was he referring to? Well, Larry King asked, are you devout? You believe in the Lord? McDonald replied, yes, I do. Now, Larry did not know he was interviewing a man facing death every day in his fight with cancer. So he then asked McDonald, you think that you're going somewhere when life ends? Norm said he did. Larry said he could not believe in an afterlife. Now, what was the reason that Larry King couldn't believe in an afterlife? Because, he says, of all the evil in the world. Now, I find that very interesting. And a lot of people use that. In fact, it's one of the main reasons that many Reformed Jews are really atheists. And that is because of the Holocaust. They can't imagine that there is a God who would allow that to happen to the people in the concentration camps. You see, people kind of put God in their own image as to what they would be like if I were God. And he certainly wouldn't be putting people in concentration camps and having them suffer and die the way millions of them did. And that's the reason that Larry King did not believe in an afterlife. It's the view of a lot of people because they have a hard time explaining why can there be a loving God who allows all of this pain and suffering. And they don't remember that the greatest pain and suffering that occurred under this loving God was the death of his own son on the cross. And the love that we have for God occurs because he first loved us. We cannot explain why people we love die early in their life from illness, 
or an accident and so forth. And so it is wrong for a pastor to give a reason why someone has died early, except the obvious if it's been sickness or an accident. The fact of the matter is, is death can come at any time. But for those who are Christians, what does that mean? That death is really our way into an eternity of life. In fact, Norm MacDonald once posted these words, Scripture, faith, grace, Christ, glory of God, Smart man says nothing is a miracle. I say everything is. Now, what is he quoting? Particularly with faith, grace, and Christ to the glory of God, he's quoting the wonderful teachings of the Reformation, that we are not saved by our works. We're saved instead by grace, through faith, on account of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? By grace means that we get something we do not deserve, the forgiveness of sins. And how do we get that? We get that through faith. And what's faith? Faith is trusting the promises of Jesus Christ in regard to his incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. That really sums it up perfectly. Now, even pastors may not be an expert on the afterlife, writes this pastor. And I know what he means by that. There are plenty of questions that we pastors are asked that we don't have an answer to about the afterlife. Like, will we be aware of those people that we love who are not in heaven? That's not answered. Why? Because it's not found in the Bible. When a pastor says, I don't know the answer to that, it should mean that there's no passage in the Bible that makes it clear of my attitude and understanding when I get to heaven. All I can say is that I will be in perfect bliss, even if loved ones are not in heaven with me. And that is a promise from the book of Revelation. So this pastor says, I'm not an expert on the afterlife, but I am a student, not only because I am a Christian and a pastor, but then he brings up his son. The name of his son was Christopher, who died in 2008. I have thought deeply, he writes, about what happens when we leave this life and enter the next one. Then here is what has brought endless comfort to me. There is a heaven, and Jesus 
has made a way for us all to go there. And then he quotes John 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. What he's referring to, of course, is the dying of the body that goes in the grave, but the spirit continues to live in heaven as a believer. Now, this pastor says, my son believed in Jesus as I do. He is now in heaven. This is why when I visit shut-ins who are near death, they have an understanding that when they die, they're not going to a horrible place to be judged on the basis of their works. They're instead, according to the book of Thessalonians, going to be raised immediately in the spirit to be with Jesus and await the time on judgment day when, guess what? Their bodies will be restored to their spirits and they will be like Jesus in heaven with a body. Now we can speculate what will happen. I kind of look forward to maybe eating good meals from those who really know how to cook. And that is something that I'm hoping will be in heaven. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the only reason I want to be in heaven. No, I want that life of peace. I want to be able to be with Jesus and to worship him for an eternity. So when Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life, remember he was saying those words when Lazarus was lying in the tomb. Nobody there expected that Jesus would raise Lazarus that day. They believed he would be raised from the dead on judgment day. But Jesus went right to the grave, told them to open the grave. They said, no, he smells. But they opened the grave and Jesus proclaimed, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walked out of the grave. In fact, that's not the only time that Lazarus is mentioned. Later on, when Mary anoints Jesus for burial at a dinner that is being held, it says that Lazarus is at the table with him. So we know that he continued to live but then, of course, he did die. Now, this pastor, after talking about the death of his son, he says, for the Christian, the moment we take our last breath on earth, we take our next breath in heaven. Because Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again, I have hope for the afterlife, and I know that I will see my son again. In fact, he then quotes King David 
you'll recall that David had a horrible relationship with Bathsheba, where they had a baby together, and in fact, he killed Bathsheba's husband. But then, when the prophet told him that he was in trouble, he repented of that sin. And the prophet told David that he would not die eternally. Why? Because David had faith in the coming Messiah. Just read his Psalms, like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, King David, after having lost his son with Bathsheba, soon said, I will go to him, but he will not return to me. What's David talking about? There are some people who say, well, in the Old Testament, there is no promise of an afterlife. Well, there certainly is. It's found in numerous passages, and this is one of them, where David makes it very clear his son is not going to return to him while he is here on earth, but he will be going to his son. And David is talking about that occurs at his death. So uh, the pastor writing this article says, my son is not just a part of my past. He also is a part of my future. Jesus promised me that. Now that's an excellent, excellent attitude to have. He knows that his son will be part of his future. Because why? Because of a promise from Jesus. And he already talked about anyone who believes in me, he will live even after dying. And in fact, Jesus also says in that same chapter that the one who believes in me will never die. Now, he's not talking about never dying in the sense of an earthly death where your body is buried. He's talking about that you in the spirit will never die. And that this pastor really hits it on the head when he says, we take our last breath on earth, and then the next moment we are in heaven. So the whole reason that this email was written was to say the following, as the pastor write, it's not a bad thing to think about these things deeply, namely, not your death, but your life after death. Renowned author and theologian, he quotes C.S. Lewis, who said, a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. I, I remember I went to visit a former Sunday school teacher who was in hospice, 
and I was told that she would probably die that day. I didn't know what her attitude would be. And when I got to the hospice and came up to her bed and told her who I was, she says, Pastor Tom, I'm going home. Wow, was that ever good to hear. She knew that there was a home that God had prepared for her and that she would soon be going to it. And she did as she died that evening. So C.S. Lewis is correct to look forward to the eternal rest in heaven is not a form of escapism that the communists or the Marxists like to tell you. Oh, that's just said, so you think you can have some hope on earth. No, it's a fact based on the promises of Jesus Christ. He continues to write, think about death, eternity, and the afterlife, but think on it with a knowledge that your death here on earth is not the end. There is an afterlife, but you need to be ready for it. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Now, I've got a little bit of a problem with what he says at the end of his email here. Remember, he's a, a pastor of Harvard churches in California, Hawaii, and says that he is an evangelist. Evangelists, many of them believe that the reason you go to heaven is that you make a decision to allow Jesus into your heart. You may even invite Jesus. That's how you prepare for heaven. I do not believe that. Instead, and he even quotes from John 14, 2. Listen carefully to what Jesus says. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Now, if you just read that verse, who's doing the preparation? Not you, but Jesus. And he prepares you by having the Holy Spirit grant you faith as you trust in the promises of God. But after saying that verse, John 14, 2, where Jesus is preparing the place, the pastor writes, only those who are prepared to die are genuinely ready to live. No, that's not correct. There's nothing you can do to prepare yourself to die. You have come to faith, not by your choice, but because God elected you. It's kind of like why we are against abortion. No baby makes a choice to be born. That is a choice that God makes. And so there should be nobody who has a choice to put a baby to death, as is so common these days. So except for that last part, 
where the pastor gives the impression only those who are prepared to die are genuinely ready to live. I don't like saying that because the devil can easily get you thinking you're really not prepared to die. You're still a terrible sinner. And so the preparation for your death is not something you do. It's something that God has done by granting you the faith given by the Holy Spirit. Your entire salvation is worked out by God so that when you get to heaven and are asked the question, by the way, who gets all the credit for your salvation? The answer will never be, well, me. It will always be God and God alone. So the last sentence in the email by this evangelical pastor is, now, Norm, Larry, Betty, and Bob are in the afterlife because they have died. And one day, you will be too. You decide in this life where you will spend the afterlife. That is so sad because that last statement is a contradiction of his faith in Jesus Christ. To have faith in Jesus Christ means that Jesus is the one who has saved you by dying on the cross, raising from the dead. And so you don't make any decision where you will spend the afterlife. Jesus makes it, elects you, and gives you faith. The biggest question the Bible doesn't answer is why some are saved and others are not. We know that if you're saved, Jesus gets all the credit. And if you're not, you get all the blame. But going beyond that is going beyond the scriptures. And so we thank Jesus that he has given us the faith that saves. And therefore, when we think of death, we can think of the glorious afterlife that we will be receiving by grace, through faith, on account of Jesus. So, we want you to think about death and the afterlife, but with the assurance that Jesus died for your sins. On Monday's program, we'll be taking a look at a text from the scripture once more to teach this fact that Jesus dies for you. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.